Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday, the 5th of March. Coming up in today's show, I take a look at the issue of homeworking. Um, a staggering 59% of startup businesses in the UK are now started from home. So, what's the appeal not only for uh, small business owners and potential startups and entrepreneurs, but for uh, those who are working for larger companies and want to uh, increase their productivity and decrease their commuting time by popping downstairs to their cellar office, like mine. I have uh, an interview with Emma Jones from Enterprise Nation, uh, one of the UK's leading experts on the field of homeworking. And I also talk to um, Wendy Pearsall, and Pon Sabra, who are two work-at-home mums, or and they cater to the work-at-home mum uh, audience in the US. Um, work-at-home mums being a, a huge uh, market and uh, uh, massive element of the the small business and entrepreneurial uh, success that is going on in the US at the moment. Also, round up uh, reader comments, listener comments, rather I should say. Uh, and update you on some developments at Small Biz Pod, and of course have the usual slice of electronica to conclude. So I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that. Now, just before we go into the interview with Emma Jones at Enterprise Nation on the subject of homeworking, uh, I thought I'd mention a few changes which some of you may have noticed on Small Biz Pod's site. Um, I've added. Uh, or begun to add um, a selection of videos. We'll be doing a, it's going to be very much a sort of beta project, but we'll be doing um, some, some videos which will go up on the site, uh, interviews, which I hope you'll find interesting, putting a, a face to a, a name, a face to a voice. Uh, do let me know what you think of those. Um, also, we've got a, a little calendar uh, for um, small business events, events. So if you've got an event that is relevant to the SME sector, drop me a, an email. And we can put that up on the uh, the diary of, of events at Small Biz Pod. Um, in addition to that, uh, I'm really pleased to say that uh, I have some excellent bloggers who have joined Small Biz Pod. Uh, David Tebbit and Guy Clapperton, who are both well-known small business journalists in the UK, who are going to be covering uh, technology and franchising, respectively. Um, and also um, Sarah Scott, who is a, a marketing uh, expert, having worked for a, one of the UK's biggest brand agencies, who has just set up her own business and is new to blogging, but I think is going to be a bit of a rising star. Uh, that's my my tip for the top, as it were. So um, I'm really looking forward to their contributions, which should start uh, this week. Indeed, David has posted his first contribution today. That's Monday the 5th of March. So uh, do let the bloggers have feedback. Uh, you can email them or, or leave comments on their, their blogs. Um, the posts will start going up gradually this week and then will become a regular fixture uh, there on in. So I hope you enjoy those and find uh, the, the information both entertaining and uh, informative and as usual a bit of inspiration thrown in there as well. So uh, thank you uh, to the bloggers for coming on board um, and now let's go straight into uh, my interview with Emma Jones. 
Okay, so um, according to uh, recent small business survey statistics, um, the home is uh, possibly the most popular place for startups to work as they're, as they're, or to choose as their working location. So home working is um, definitely becoming bigger and bigger um, and uh, more and more people are taking it on. Um, as many of you know, I work from home myself and it has its pluses and minuses. But I thought I'd, uh, I'd get on the show um, a real homeworking expert, a bit of a guru on the sort of trends of, uh, uh, of the homeworking um, lifestyle, not only in terms of um, those who are self-employed, but those who are working from home whilst working for larger organisations. And that person is Emma Jones from Enterprise Nation. Emma, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you very much, Alex. And uh, I should say, before I forget, Emma's just launched her, uh, your own podcast, haven't you, uh, on, on this very topic. We have. We have re- uh, recorded, well, we're calling it The Homeworking Podcast. And interestingly, the episode we've just sent out, which was about technology, we've spoken about how we actually edit and record the podcast from our own home offices. Yeah. So we use a piece of kit called GarageBand, which comes with the Apple Mac. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we're saying to our listeners is if you run a business from home or if you're working from home, technology really does enable you to do pretty much anything at the moment. And the great thing is, is there are a lot of talented, t- talented people out there who are now able to... To, to 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 get an audience which is which is great absolutely that's the beauty of the world wide web and technology is one of the factors as to why we say there has been this huge growth and uh, you mentioned in your introduction that the home is possibly the most popular location from which people start a business mm. uh, there's no possibility about it we had some official statistics that came out uh, just a couple of weeks ago actually which are now on our site that say that there's around 59% of new businesses that are started now are started from a home base yeah. so uh, we can say with with uh, absolute confidence that the home has become the most popular location for business startups so there's a lot of us out there um, you're one of us as it were you're a home worker um, yep. why <laughs> Uh, lots of reasons, really, Alex. Uh, I guess when I, this is my second company, but when I started my first business, uh, the partner who I started that business with, we talked about it and decided we didn't want to take on the overhead of extra property. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, there was a, a pure cost angle to it. But to be honest, since I've been working from home, and I used to work for a very large accountancy firm, which had an incredibly social atmosphere in the office. Mm. But uh, one of those atmospheres and those environments where actually you could walk away at the end of the day and think, what exactly have I got done today? Mm. So I have to say I'm a very converted home worker because my productivity levels are just sky high when I'm now working from the home office. So costs is one thing, productivity levels being so much higher, and also just the freedom and flexibility of being able to decide when I work, how I work, not having any kind of daily commute, and therefore you avoid the stress of kind of sitting in traffic jams and Mm. waiting to get into the office. And all of that just means you can have an incredibly healthy and happy home working lifestyle. Now that's a very very rosy picture, but we all know that homeworking isn't necessarily. It, it, it is great, and all of those things you have said is true. But equally, there are some downsides to homeworking, aren't there? Isn't it? Isn't it a very um, uh, lonely lifestyle? Sure, people say, and, and we were on a radio show with Chris Evans a couple of months ago, and one of the key points that came out of that is it was a, a kind of a pretty hot day, and they said, "Oh, surely you must get really lonely. Do you go out to the park and stop working?" But to be honest, from our readers, the one thing that we hear now is. If they do feel a little bit lonely, again, this comes back to technology, Mm. what they do is they turn on things like Skype, instant message another fellow homeworking colleague, have a quick chat, as we call it, is the virtual water cooler, and then just get back to work again. So I think when people used to say that homeworkers were isolated and felt lonely, when technology wasn't around 
to enable kind of online sort of social relationships to form. I think that was the case. But increasingly with systems like Skype, I think it's a great way of still being able to interact with people, but you choose when to do that and then you just get straight back to work. But you still have that social interaction. Yeah, I mean, and I think there was a day, in days, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when um, socialising with somebody on the internet was um, was frowned on as being a little bit um, odd, <laughs> to say the least. Whereas yeah. um, now, because of broadband... Um, Everyone, uh, the, the whole social social media, the social web is such that um, I can quite honestly say that I do an awful lot of socialising online, which then transfers into the real world. And, and I think that's relatively, that's, you know, that's nor- the norm nowadays. It's not frowned upon or seen as odd that you should be meeting somebody you've never met before and a group of others down, down a pub or, you know, out, go for lunch with them. Um, it, it actually, I think, opens up um, uh, an astonishing... Uh, breadth of social relationships that you wouldn't necessarily have had before. Absolutely, and this is one thing that we hear from our readers time and time again, and critically, the thing we have on our website at enterprisenation.com is our homeworkers come on to socialise with each other, but actually a new feature that we're about to launch will be a social and business networking tool so that our homeworking readers can actually come on and say, well, I want to chat to that other homeworker to find out you know, what they're up to tomorrow, have a bit of social chit-chat. Yeah. But actually, a graphic designer may want to be promoting their services to a home-based accountant, to, a, you know, a home-based uh, pillow manufacturer, and all of these business relationships are forming. So you're absolutely right. Websites are great places for social networking, but what we want to do with Enterprise Nation in terms of taking it to the next level mm-hmm. is actually say, let's turn that into a business networking website as well so people can come on and have those social relationships but also develop their business. Now, uh, clearly, um, in terms of people who are self-employed or people who are uh, starting their own business or freelance, um, the vast majority of small businesses uh, or those registered as small businesses in the UK uh, are comprised of of one man, one woman bands. um, And the statistics demonstrate that, you know, nearly 60 percent of, well, probably a larger proportion of those uh, are working from uh, working from home. Does working from home limit um, an entrepreneur's um, ambition? Very good question. Great question. It's one that we get regularly and it's one that we try and address on the website. I don't think that working from home restricts ambition, but it is one thing that we're actively encouraging our readers to think where they take their own home-based businesses to next Mm. from a couple of angles. One is, and we've just written a piece called How to Grow the Business Without Outgrowing Your Home, because we get lots of uh, questions from our readers saying, I want my business turnover to grow, but I don't necessarily want to move out of my home environment. Mm. And the advice that we give there, and it's one piece of advice that we give, but then we do give more detail, which is do what you do the best and outsource the rest. So stick to your core business, but for accounts, for marketing, for business development, for sales calls, Outsource that to others because this is the great thing about home businesses at the moment is so many businesses are popping up. Virtual PAs, for instance, there are home-based ladies mainly who Mm. are former secretaries who now say, I will take on your administration for you. My costs are reduced because I'm working from home. Outsource your admin to me. You concentrate on what you do best and grow that business. Yeah. So from a very kind of practical, how do you grow the business, where does your time go, I think it's possible. And just the second thing is a marketing angle that um, we do get, again, lots of questions from people who run their business from home saying, am I at a disadvantage in marketing my business because I don't have a shop front? Yeah. But again, this is where the beauty of the World Wide Web comes in, that 
you can be at the top of the Google search page rankings. Somebody can click onto what could be a beautiful website and have no idea whatsoever that you're based from home. No. So virtual, you know, the virtual world means you can promote yourself through a great website, get some incredibly efficient marketing through viral marketing and other marketing campaigns and continue to grow the business while staying at home. So I don't think the home restricts growth at all. And we, we are really hearing from some very ambitious home business owners who I think are, are really kind of leading the way and saying it can be done. Uh, what about moving moving from home to uh, to premises? Mm. <laughs> is, there any, is, is, there a, is there a way back once you've enjoyed um, working in your pyjamas? Yeah, interesting thing. And and we, from the majority of our readers, I would say that the majority of them now are concerned home workers and would find it a struggle to go back and work in an office premise. And this is uh, just a couple of days ago, I was with a company called Regis who offer serviced offices. Yeah, yeah. But very interestingly, and I think this concerns critically the growth in home workers in the UK, Regis as a company has put its stall out now saying that home workers are going to be a big target market for Regis. And what they offer is something called a virtual office, whereby you just buy the mail address. Um, yeah. You can go in there when you want to go in there when you need a professional meeting place. But outside of that, you just stay in your home. So I think if somebody was wanting to maybe have a half and half lifestyle where maybe they think, you know, my business is kind of outgrowing the home. Where do I go on to next? There's serviced office providers out there which are a good kind of stepping stone. But to be honest, as I say, the majority of our readers say that they're very happy to stay working from home because of all the reasons we suggested originally in terms of keeping costs low, keeping productivity high, and making sure you can have a great work-life balance being at home for the kids or for other friends and family. Yeah, I mean, and I think um, on that latter point, um, there are quite a lot, and I would count myself um, to a greater or lesser extent as... uh, uh, as having that motivation and that is change of life, lifestyle what i think has been dubbed by one clever pr person as a, as alterpreneurs i.e people who have altered their lifestyles um who are not necessarily um entrepreneurs um aiming to make vast quantities of money and build a build a business empire they just want a different lifestyle mm-hmm. so they're they're there in, uh, but then there is the question about whether or not those are really um, whether whether their ambitions are really entrepreneurial or whether their ambitions are really um, freelance stroke self employment stroke finding um, a job that they can do from home yeah. rather than being um, entrepreneurs. Uh, do you think the the term entrepreneur has been is very often misused in this context? I think the ambitions of entrepreneurs that you mentioned are incredibly laudable. Um, I think people are self-selecting in whether they determine themselves as an entrepreneur or not. I think the term tends to still remain with those who are have ambitious growth plans. But the interesting point about those people you mentioned who are starting a business from home, that they want to remain as a sole trader, not necessarily wanting to grow their turnover into a major multi-million pound corporation. The reason why I think they are laudable is because if you look at the economy, they are people who may not be contributing to the economy anyway. And just uh, to quote some other research, Yellow Pages came out with some research uh, just at the end of 2006 Mm. saying that they had noticed a surge in what they call kitchen table tycoons. Mm. So moms and housewives who over the past six years, massive growth in the number of moms and housewives who started businesses from home. Now, these moms and housewives aren't necessarily wanting to become the next Anita Roddick or Richard Branson. No. But they are earning an income that maybe they wouldn't have done if they'd have remained as a non-earning mom or housewife. So from an economy perspective, we are actually contributing 
to the economy because it's people who wouldn't ordinarily be employed who are starting these businesses but not necessarily wanting to grow them beyond a kind of a nine-to-five working day. Yeah, and um, a trend in the in the US is uh, is I don't know how you pronounce it, WAMs or work at home mothers, uh, yeah. which is the, which is a really really a really huge thing in the states. I mean the the amount of sort of support and um, blogs and uh, available information for for work at home mums is vast. Um, and as you know, Alex, whatever happens in the states tends to follow on. Absolutely, in the UK. <laughs> but we are seeing the same thing here. Again, if we look at the demographics of our readers, we're probably on about sixty percent women at the moment, forty percent men who come onto our website. Yeah loads of great case stories of people like dot-com mummies, you know, lots of women, as you say, who are either taking their own idea into starting a home-based business or the other option for them, which is incredibly interesting in this country at the moment, is companies such as travel counsellors, uh, Virgin mm. V, Body Shop at Home, companies who've created the idea for you, you buy into it, but then you start your own home-based business and you get all of the sales support that the kind of the larger company offers. Again, lots of moms taking up on that idea and uh, starting this kind of economic activity from a home base. Emma Jones from Enterprise Nation, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Alex. Now, just before we go into interviews with uh, Wendy Pearsall and Pon Sabra, uh, who are two work-at-home mums in the US, uh, very much uh, setting the trend and in many things on this uh, subject and this type of uh, entrepreneurialism. Um, let's just let me just go through some of the comments that I've uh, I've held over from the last podcast and uh, that have come in since. I'm um, starting off with um, Russell Barton, who you'll remember is uh, in uh, North Perth in Western Australia. Um, he says, I haven't had a podcast for a while. And indeed, you haven't had a podcast for a while. Uh, this is it now. It's been all three weeks or so. But uh, I think you'll have deduced that the, uh, the additional elements that uh, I've been introducing to the Small Biz Pod site, which I hope you all find uh, useful, have taken up a little bit of time. But now they're all set up. Uh, podcasting action will resume. Um, and uh, I think you're going you're gonna to do quite well in March. Uh, that's I'm not going to promise, but I think I've got a good few shows lined up. Uh, he says, um, I don't know if you remember when I last emailed, I mentioned a new business I'd started and said I would give you updates on any progress if you think it would be good for the listeners. Uh, would you like that or have you enough content? If so, how would you like the updates? Um, I would indeed uh, like some updates, Russell. Um, uh, audio updates would be good, but we'll have a chat about that offline. So um, thank you very much for, for getting back to me. And then um, I had uh, Tony Campbell from uh, Procyon Services Limited um, writes to say, we've not spoken for a while, but I thought I'd drop you a note to follow up on one of the podcasts from late last year. Uh, you interviewed an American chap on the reason why the entrepreneurial spirit in the UK is not as rife as in the US. And although I agree with some of what he said, uh, with us here in the UK being more reserved and held back by the class system, I also believe that there is a problem with the support the government gives small businesses. Take, for example, a situation I found myself in last year. Um, and Tony goes on to talk about how he had offered his services as a, uh, uh, as a giver of free seminars on IT and technology uh, to the local chambers of commerce, but, but nobody really got back to him. Um, he, he's written a book on the subject, so obviously that would have benefited him, but it, you know, it was a, a fair quid pro quo, his expertise to local businesses for nothing. Um, and not a lot came of it. Um, 
I know that you know some chambers of commerce is who, commerce which are not linked. I don't think to government in any way. I think they're independently run, um, are better than others. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it depends. You know, it depends who you get. Some people are more apathetic than others, um, and I think persistence, like anything in in, in businesses, uh, is important. So I'm sorry to hear the, your experience there, Tony. But um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's tough, um, and yeah, you just have to keep plugging away. I also had an email from Simon O'Keefe who says, I've just listened to your last five shows in a row after having not downloaded for a while. I try to regularly listen to Small Biz Pod as well as Startup Nation, which is a US-based podcast. Both shows provide me with a little inspiration I need to push myself and to know that I'm not alone in trying to run a small business. Both shows appeal to me in different ways, but Small Biz Pod has the better interviews. Um, you asked for feedback, so I thought I'd share with you an observation about the show after having listened to the last five episodes. You often ask your interviewee a question, and then before they have a chance to answer it, you ask them the same question in a different way. My opinion is that the first question is nearly always the better one. Keep up the good work with uh, interviewing some really interesting and inspiring people. Uh, well, thanks, Simon. And Simon's based uh, uh, also in Australia in uh, Ground Truth. Oh no, is that his business? I think that must be his business. No, in Clunes in, in Australia. Um, I really appreciate that, Simon. And I, it's something that I've been kind of aware of at the back of my mind. So uh, I think you're probably right. I will try. I think it's because I try and formulate. See, I'm doing it again. I think it's because I try and formulate questions on the hoof and sometimes refine them unnecessarily. But that's a, an interesting one and certainly something that I will bear in mind. Um, a little bit similar, I guess to uh, the ums and ers and I had uh, Andy Highland from Tax Report came on by email to say first of all thanks for the great podcasts and uh, they make my time in the gym slightly more bearable uh, great tips so there you go listen to Small Biz Pod and get fit it can't be, can't be bad can it uh, so great tips and advice and also get in great introductions to other businesses that can help me along my way I just wanted to let you know that I sympathise with you on the whole erring and umming criticism during the podcast it was only when i recently started recording audio articles for my website that i realized just how difficult it is to avoid doing this uh, the number of times i had to stop and start again during a 10 minute article was ridiculous to be honest it doesn't really detract from your podcast anyway as it's part and parcel of the uh relaxed and informal manner you have keep up the good work and i look forward to the next one uh, well, thanks very much, Andy, for that. Uh, my ums and ers are not too bad. Um, I'm not getting paranoid about them. Uh, but thank you for the support. And then uh, also had uh, an email from Andrew Turner, who is uh, based in Italy, to say, just listen to a couple of your latest podcasts found through iTunes. Great job. Really interesting and inspiring. Um, I'm English but live in Italy and was beginning to feel a little isolated from the buzz of talking to other people about business and starting out on new ventures. Uh, the Italians, at least where I live, don't seem particularly interested in the subject. Um, it occurred to me that it should be some way of contacting other like-minded people starting out on their own for encouragement and idea sharing instead of the normal oh and that will never work kind of response I get from most people. Um, and uh, Andrew goes on to, to suggest, well, maybe that's something that, that Small Biz Pod t could do. Um, it's a little bit in, along the same lines of the forum idea. Um, and I think something that uh, I am going to explore 
Um, there's a possibility of doing some sort of social networking or uh, sites, although there are a lot of those already available for small businesses, Academy, um, um, Zing, um, and those types of sites. So I'm not sure how, again, how important or useful it would be for Small Biz Pod to kind of replicate that. But if we can find a, a niche that works, uh, might well do. So um, thank you very much for all those who've emailed comments. I will add some further comments uh, at the end of the show from people who've signed onto the Frapper map and uh, also commented on the blog itself. But now let's go back to interviews with uh, Wendy Pearsall and Pon Sabra. Fine, well, we've just heard from Emma Jones of uh, Enterprise Nation how homeworking is really uh, taking off in the UK and that uh, 59% of UK startups are now uh, based initially, at least, from home. Um, and within that, 60% of those uh, of home workers are women. And there's, there's clearly been, um, uh, as Emma suggested, a, a surge in uh, what's become known as kitchen table tycoons. And we, we've also heard about the, you know, the big impact that, that you know, eBay entrepreneurs have had. Uh, and there is a, a, a definite increase in uh, women working from home, uh, work-at-home mums, if you like. And uh, as always, leading the way in the field, the US, which has uh, arguably one of the most entrepreneurial societies uh, in the uh, Western world, if not the whole world, um, has, a, has a very significant work-at-home mum, our WAM, if that's, I think that's how they probably pronounce it, or the acronym, um, uh, contingent. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to go out there, find two work-at-home mums um, or, or experts in the field uh, f in the US, and I'm delighted to uh, welcome two of those uh, onto Small Biz Pod. Um, Wendy Pearsall, who is from emomsathome.com. Uh, Wendy, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you, Alex. It's great to be here. And uh, Pon Sabra, who is from um, empowerwomennow.com. And is one of the is it well best-selling author of a of a book called Empowering Women to Power Network. Pon, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Good, uh, good to have you. Um, now, um, Pon, just just outline to me um, briefly a sort of few of the few of the stats uh, in terms of in terms of work at home mums and, and women working from home in the U.S. because. There's some quite interesting, interesting figures that I know you've got got to hand. Well, interesting. There's not any specific work-at-home mom or home-based working mom statistics out there, but it's all based on women-owned businesses. And right now, today, there's 10.6 million women-owned businesses, mm -hmm. which make up. There's a new startup, 420 new women-owned businesses per day. What's striking about this number is that 59%, which is similar to that in the UK, 59% are actually home-based, yeah. these women-owned businesses. Yeah. And another striking number is that 67% of those women-owned businesses actually have no employees. I find it striking because it's just like the three of us. We are all solo entrepreneurs. Mm. And mm. a lot of the work you need to do is through networking and outsourcing and delegating other resources that you need to be a standalone business. So when we look at today, when we see how much of that percentage is actually work-at-home moms, um, it was just released 
2005 data showed that 79% of the U.S. workforce was women working with children under the age of 18 in their house. That is, uh, that's that's quite staggering. Of course, I mean, not, not all uh, running their own businesses from home, but nevertheless, they are working women. Yeah. Um, so, Wendy, uh, I suspect, uh, I mentioned earlier on that the, the, the whole concept of kind of eBay entrepreneurs, and eBay has provided a, a significant, very useful source of income and indeed whole businesses for whole segments of, of the population, not just, um, not just mums working from home. But nevertheless, um, the Internet and uh, technology must be um, a significant driver in the expansion of, of, of this market. Um, clearly, e-moms at home uh, <laughs> caters to that audience. What, what's your sense of how technology has facilitated this growth? Well, I really think the fact that the just how much opportunity, uh, opportunity and accessibility and just the potential of being able to start an online business is just a work-at-home mom's dream mm. because she can do it late at night. She doesn't have to worry about kids screaming in the background for a client phone call. Um, you know, there's very, very little startup capital f- for many businesses that a mom can start at home, which makes it that, you know, they can, you know, juggle all the different things that they have to balance between between taking kids to soccer practice or, you yeah. know, feeding the baby. You know, it offers that kind of versatility that a work-at-home mom needs in order to be able to run a business in the first place. No, absolutely. Uh, clearly, that, that, that juggling of priorities, if you like, uh, uh, the, the, the technology and the Internet allows, uh, uh, allows that to, to happen more easily. Um, mm-hmm. But... Nevertheless, the like any like any business person, you uh, whether you're a, you're a you're a mother with children working from home or, or running a business from home, you do need specific um, characteristics to, to 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 make that business successful, and you you need a a certain something about you to to drive the business forward, even if it is uh, built around your domestic uh, life. What what do you see as the the key factors that create a successful work-at-home mum? You know, I would have to say, um, ironically, most importantly, would be a really strong sense of self-worth because in order to put your name and your business on the line every day, if, you know, if a a work-at-home mom or any mom or any woman, you know, is feeling insecure, she's going to take business rejection as a personal rejection and that's going to, you know, sink her business real fast. And I know that because I did that when I started my first business when I was 26. Yeah. Um, so that and being able to stay motivated and stay focused among all the different distractions, like my son right now who wants to have some Batman chicken noodle soup right now. <laughs> yes, honey, you can go have the soup. <laughs> That's when you give them food that you wouldn't That's normally right. give them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know how that works. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's it takes constant having to come back and refocus, which, yeah. you know, some people just can't work in that environment. They need to have silence. They need to, you know, be able to have a very controlled environment in order to be able to get the work their work done. And the work-at-home lifestyle is not for that kind of person. Yeah. Now, um, Pon, I know that you do um, a lot in terms of uh, encouraging women to build the self-confidence that they need to to to, to make the most of uh, 
of working from home and to focus and to to to, to execute their business effectively. Um, what kind of tips and advice do you have for for for, for work at home mums? Interesting, you could say that because basically I came um, online and started a work at home business after my first child was six months, and I left a government position. I was appointed. I was on call 24-7. I was used to a very high-profile position, mm. and it was very difficult to come online. I knew what I wanted to do, but like Wendy said, I can't agree with her more. You need to have this self-worth. You need to have the self-confidence, and I use the word empowerment, to understand where are you centered in life. And with that, with the power of people, you can successfully do whatever it is that you want to do. And for me, I've always been fortunate to have a powerful network. And like Wendy says, you have to have confidence, you have to have motivation. And the three ways that I utilize people in my network, and I share that these two things go hand in hand, self-worth and empowerment, self-actualization, plus a power network. One, you have to have mentors and a business coach. Yep. You need someone to guide you that's already went through and succeeded at developing a system so you don't have to reinvent the you know, cycle. And I'm a true believer in having mentors, and I have my mentors. Second, you need to know when it's time to delegate and outsource your work. Yeah. Because for me, I know where my specialties are. It's in empowering women, getting them into action, and then utilizing people, utilizing, utilizing human resources, which is, you know, the power of people. Yeah. And three is, again, having your own brand. And for me, that brand is empowerment. It's knowing your target market knowing them enough that you can give them what they need. And really, and this I is... feel that... Sorry, I, go on, Paul. If I could just add, yeah, I absolutely. feel that one big problem with that I run, especially with my clients, is they don't know who it is that they're trying to reach. Or they find them, and their conversion rate is so so low because they don't know what to give them in the first place. Yeah. And... For me, I know who I'm looking for because it's like people in the same situation that I am and want to grow equally successfully in their business as well as in their personal life. No, absolutely. Now, is there um, a sense that um, particularly working mums online, that let's face it, women are good networkers anyway, aren't they? That's <laughs> Naturally. for sure. <laughs> It's us blokes who are who are who need tuition, isn't it? <laughs> As we say, blokes. Sorry, blokes is that very UK phrase. But there we are. Um, anyway, well, I but have to say yes and no. I have to say yes and no because in my experience, when I do public speaking, I, I see a lot of women who are great at small talk, but they have this. In the, the term is called um, conversion capitalism. They don't know how to convert their small talk yeah. into making it a business opportunity for both of us. Mm. Like, you need to network so it's a win-win-win situation. Yeah. And I believe the greatest testament to the ability to network really well is how you found us, Alex. And 
like you said, I mean, if you share the story a little bit more of how you found us, and here we are having a podcast, yeah, I'm, three of us. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge um, online networking fan. I mean, I network fairly effectively in the real world too. But um, the beauty of uh, the the beauty of networking online is that the opportunities to meet exactly the type of people you want to meet are greatly enhanced. Absolutely. I agree with you more. Absolutely. But anyway, um, that's the, I'm, the, the other beauty of Small Biz Pod is that I very rarely have to give any pearls of wisdom because I don't have very many of them. Um, I, get on, I get on people who know what they're talking about, and uh, you two are clearly that when it comes to work at home. So uh, thanks very much, guys, for, for, for joining me on Small Biz Pod today. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Now I'm going to quickly push on into uh, final comments uh, from listeners this week, and particularly those who joined the Small Biz Pod Frapper Map, a little map where you can put your pin in and show your uh, uh, photo of yourself if you if you dare. Um, thanks to uh, Moosey from Milton Keynes, who uh, runs the Petstock Boys, which is a kind of animal image library, and he has the rather extraordinary image of uh, himself as a turkey talking into a microphone. Um, uh, more normal, I should say, is William Edwards from Orange County in California, um, who says he finds the the podcast useful for as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, equally, Nico Goodall from Johannesburg in South Africa. Simon O'Keefe, who says, good day, Alex, from uh, Victoria in Australia. We've already mentioned Simon. Um, Christian Hoffmeyer, who runs a packaging business in Denmark. And uh, also... Uh, Colin from Milton Keynes, two Milton Keynes listeners. Uh, and uh, I just thought I'd mention again um, Rajasika from India, who was standing what I thought was by a paper mill, but is in fact a textile mill. So thanks, um, Raja, for letting me know that. And then just to quickly round off, um, I had a couple of comments on the Small Biz Pod blog. Thank you to the School for Social Entrepreneurs for uh, linking to Small Biz Pod. Thank you to Hugh for wishing me a happy 40th birthday and a happy midlife crisis. And thanks for Daksh, who I have uh, been talking to uh, in India, uh, for commenting on the Bill Gates interview podcast. Well, it really wasn't an interview with Bill Gates, but it was a little recording of the uh, his presentation at the launch of Vista, just for clarity. Okay, so now on to uh, a, a small piece of electronica. Uh, since it is my birthday coming up soon, I thought uh, Cakes would be an appropriate track from uh, the band whose name I've temporarily forgotten and now remembered called Beak on the excellent monotonic label.